the Cultivated Being Podcast. and welcome to the Cultivated Being Podcast. We are two brothers opposite sides of the country that practice all kinds of juicy doctor alternative healthcare stuff. And today we're, we're talking about all kinds of goodies that we've learned and we think that you guys would be interested in. Oh, I didn't prep for goodies. <laughs> so Man. I'm... If this is the first time you're listening, my name is Dr. Nick Hyde, and this is my brother, Dr. Jake Hyde. Jake, say what's up. Hello, everyone. Nick. Yes. You're going to you're gonna have to take the lead on this one today. I am sleep deprived. Okay. <laughs> I've been dog sitting three nights in a row, and these two precious little creatures, my little, they're like, pretty good-sized golden retrievers <laughs> don't want me to sleep for some reason. Keep me up all night. So I hopefully will be able to give some colorful commentary on things you want to talk about today. <laughs> I'm going to give it my best. All right, but I was hoping for some more off-color input, but we'll see. We'll um, see. So I will tell a story I was just thinking about this on the way in to the office. Oh, nice. He's got the glasses on. Probably have, anytime you wear the glasses, I'm like, this is the one that we're putting on, on YouTube. But, um, I was about to tell a story. So yeah. Um, I was thinking about this. It's really cool to me how so many of my clients are so intuitive about their body. They really know what's going on. And even, even though they go to so many other doctors, and I was just thinking about this one patient who came into me at one point. Um, she had probably the worst migraines I've ever heard of, really. And so bad that she had completely changed her life around them so that she, could fi- she found a job that she could do where no one's around her. She's completely alone. She does all of her shopping at four in the morning because she can't, she doesn't want to get stimulated by other people. So she had become like a complete loner because of how bad her migraines were. And she needed to be able to do a job where if she got a migraine at one point in the day, maybe she could finish her job at the, another point of the day, or maybe she could put it off to another day altogether. So she'd been living like this for like 15 years and spent thousands of dollars going to like Stanford to try to figure things out. So anyway, she comes into me and, um, you know, I'm, I'm no genius, but she kept saying, I feel like my dreams and my sleep are associated with my migraines. And I was like, I've never heard of that <laughs> in my head. I was thinking, you know, I've never heard of that. And I really, I've studied up on migraines. I know, um, It's one of my specialties. And she keeps saying that. And so I was like, you know what? Maybe she's right. And so we started to do some stuff uh, to treat her sleep 
to treat the way she was sleeping, to work on, you know, some, some, you know, her dream, like talking about her dreams. I sent her to a, a sleep, uh, sleep clinic and they were, they were looking at it anyways. It turns out she was right. As we got improvement with her dreams and her sleep, um, I guess the cops are coming for me. I finally fa- they found me out. Oh, no, um, <laughs> one second. Hey, got to wrap up the story then because I need to hear the rest of it. Well, I mean, the point is she was right. She knew it, even though no one else, including the professionals at Stanford, and, and here, if you know, people don't know this, but here in my location of the world, people think that Stanford is like the best hospital in the entire world. And that if you go to Stanford for something and, and they tell you one thing, there's, there's no arguing that they're the smartest people in the world, you know, yeah. but they're just normal people really. So they miss yeah. stuff just like I do. Anyways, she was right. She was talking about like sleep. We worked on her sleep and at, at, you know, eventually, you know, it took some time because this has been a pattern for like 20 years. It all cleared up. She didn't get any migraines anymore. And she was able to go grocery shopping in the daytime. She could live by life again. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, she decided like, you know, she, she had a fiance and they were able to go, they were able to go on dates out in public. She felt comfortable enough to do that. Wow. I know. They, it's really they cool. They still together? Yeah. <laughs> they are. Did, did it's, been a... about, it's been about a year since I've... I was going to say, he either is... You're either this fiancé's hero, or you really liked things the way they were. <laughs> 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 Can't imagine someone who would like things like that, but, you know, I, maybe. Yeah, who knows? Um, I never met the guy, actually, but... Yeah, I was just thinking about that. I was like, you know, people really are very intuitive. I'm, and, you know, I'm giving you all permission to be intuitive about yourselves and listen. And don't just assume, right? But try to listen and try to ask intelligent questions about the signals that your body's trying to communicate to you. You know, these things we call symptoms. Our body's way of communicating to us something about what's going on. It might be emotional or physical or spiritual. Just listen. Yes. Dr. M.T. Mortar Jr., one of our heroes in the chiropractic profession, said symptoms are just unlearned lessons. So you have a symptom. It can be physical, mental, emotional. You think, okay, what do I need to learn? Instead of, oh, now I have this symptom. Because migraines were communicating something her she listened and got to the source the thing that she really needed because you could take a thing to have migraine symptoms go away but the underlying condition is still there very cool story nick and now this gal's life is going to be different her friends and family are going to be different because this person got their life back very cool and, there, and there's been lots of cases where people say, you know what, I think it's this. Yeah, and that's a, one question I always ask at the end of you talking about their people's history and their health history and everything like that. 
one of my last questions I always ask is, what do you think was, <laughs> what do you think it is? What do you think is at the root of this? And sometimes people give me crazy answers to that. And half the time, you know, they really are right. Like, well, I think it's this. I, you know, I'm, I'm having this issue in my life because I broke my jaw when I was a kid. It's like, whoa, maybe. Let's investigate <laughs> that, you know? But, uh, um, I don't know. That's just one thing on my mind. But actually, go ahead. Go for it. I was going to say, I always think your own health can be related to how good of questions you ask yourself. But another way, too, as a clinician, our effectiveness with helping people is, uh, I guess you'd say, correlates with how good of questions we ask. But I totally agree with that. Since people at the end of this year, it's pretty soon they're starting making decisions based on how they want to improve. Uh, maybe something to think about is better questions that you can ask yourself. So, because I really do think health is not about the absence of suffering or symptomology. I think health is really um, a deeper understanding of who you are and your place in the world, your place in creation or with the creator. So that's what health is and asking questions can help you get there. So very basic one that I like is in any given situation, uh, and maybe you need a prompt for this. So you struggle with something emotionally, whether it's anger, bitterness, uh, shame, guilt, frustration, annoyance. You want to start training yourself that when you feel that, to pause and ask yourself, what's really going on? Because a lot of these emotions that we have are just reactions. They're conditioned responses based on past experience where our subconscious makes a rule about how we're supposed to respond in that situation. So by checking the emotion, which is hard to do, it does take some... Uh, Practice like it's a skill set, right? So you feel this feeling, I feel frustrated, okay? Or for me, I think a trigger when I was working on this initially was like this feeling of overwhelm. I have all of this stuff to do, and I don't have much time, right? And that was my programming. Now I feel overwhelmed. I'm driving in my car, and I just feel this heaviness of like my day or my week. And then I could pause and say, what's really going on here? And uh, what's really going on here, for example, was I just have to get from point A to point B right now. Mm. I just have to drive my car to my destination. That's not overwhelming. I do that all the time, right? So I don't have to be overwhelmed in that moment. I have one thing I have to do. It's the only thing I can do, right? And another question I like is what's more true? Because we have these internal dialogues. So for example, I'm feeling overwhelmed. I have all these things I have to do, this amount of time to do it. And I'm like, I need more time, right? That's my dialogue, or I don't have enough time. And then I can ask myself, what's more true? Is there a more true statement? Hmm. The truth is, all of us have all of the time. 
We all have 100% of the time. Mm -hmm. Right? It's not like you operate with more time than I do. Right? Time's not the problem. My decision-making is the problem. I don't need more time. I need to, like, understand my schedule better. I need to understand my boundaries better and my commitments, right? Not time's fault. Mm. So then it becomes this, I need more time, which you'll never get. Time is kind of like a constant in your life. Mm -hmm. So, okay, I need um, probably to let go of some things in my life. And that's something you can actually do, and it's less overwhelming when you're dealing with something you have some control over. Does that make sense? Oh, totally. And we are not in a sprint, right? You know, we're, we're totally, this is long distance race, man. <laughs> and don't sweat the small stuff. Um, there, you know, we oftentimes make this, the little things really big, big deals. And they can be when you're talking about like virtue, right? It's like how I do anything is how I do everything. And if I'm working on a virtue, well then, yeah, okay. Little things. And of course, one of my all-time favorite people to read is St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, And she talked about, you know, do little things with great love. That's from her. She's really brilliant. At like 24 years old, she's extremely brilliant. Um, but when it comes to, you know, stresses and frustrations, I don't remember what was frustrating me five years ago. I really just don't, you know, it wasn't that important. Although at the time I thought it was so, but, you know, I like the idea of internal dialogue and I think that that's something we could spend a lot of time on, but maybe we should save that for another thing because, we have all these voices in our head and it's important to know that there's like characters in, in, in our head. We have our ego's voice. We have, you know, some of our own programming voices. We have the self, we have the higher self. Yeah. We have the version of us that's the experiencer. We have the version of us. That's the witness. We have, you know, a, there's a, a source or God, creator voice, Holy Spirit, whatever you want to call, who's also in there talking to us. And then there's, there's other evil voices too. So those are all important to know and recognize because that helps you to, to ignore some of the less important voices and, and to listen to yeah. the more important ones. So like challenge those voices, like check them before you just, um, Totally run with, run with one of the, the ideas coming in. Yeah. It's, it's like, um, you know, we always bring up the Simpson quotes, I guess, but, you know, Homer Simpson. Basically, Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah. Where he, he's, he said, uh, what did he say? Well, it was on TV. It must be true, right? Yeah. And. You know, just because what something comes into your brain, it doesn't mean that that's true. It's like we are watching TV in there. There's stuff, there's programs going, and they're not always true. They're not always the true ones. Yeah, and these programming comes from mostly, they say, the majority of it's from like zero to six or zero to seven years old, 
where you create this dialogue, right? These programs for when you experience this trigger, this program plays. And the developing ego, those ages, doesn't always learn the right lesson in a situation. Doing its best at that moment to survive, but it doesn't always learn the right thing. So as you become an adult, you have to start identifying some of these things. Especially when you're like, do this thing that I don't want to keep doing. Right, I behave this way that I want to keep doing. I keep repeating this mistake. Great. You noticed that. And now it's about identifying uh, source and then letting go. What happens is a lot of people try to not do that once they observe it. And they're like, man, I just I get so angry uh, when this thing happens. And it's like, I don't want to be angry. So resisting yeah. the anger in that situation can just energize it often or perpetuate the program. So let it go. Observe it and say, I'm being angry right now, or I'm better is I'm experiencing anger right now. So it's less identifying with it. When you say, I am being angry, then you might say, that's part of who I am if I be angry. It's better if you say, I am experiencing anger right now, and that's okay. I love and accept myself in this, and I don't need this anger. Then let it go. Yep, and if you practice that another million times, you'll be like a Yoda. And <laughs> just mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's awesome, and we could get, I mean, obviously we always touch in on that kind of stuff. I would like to spend more time. I don't know if this is the the time to kind of go into all of those characters, but maybe we could go into that another time. Do you want to, do you want to keep going with this better questions to ask yourself instead of like saying, I'm going to lose 15 pounds in 2019 or whatever your goal is. I'm going to go to the gym five days a week. You just like better questions people can be asking themselves for their own health. Certainly. And I think this is obviously a great time of year to talk about, you know, obviously new year goals and and we could go deep and deep into this topic of, of goal setting for this next year, but let's start with those questions. What do you mean? I just like, for me, two fundamental ones are what's really going on here and what's more true. So if you can train yourself to be like asking yourself those things in situations where you're not feeling peaceful or restful, that's a good practice of like getting back control of that autonomic nervous system response that like will kick you into fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Another one I think will be a good one for people that want to be different in the mirror, which is most of us, right? We want to improve in some way. Instead of being mostly focused on what you're going to do, I'm going to eat paleo, right? I'm going to run three days a week. I'm going to do yoga five days a week. Or I'm going to meditate. Start your day with who do I want to be today? So have like your being uh, as a primary objective and then almost like the target. So I'm like, I want to be a loving person, authentic and genuine to my own self, my own needs. 
kind of like a target. Instead of just those actions, like the doing, focus more on being. I love that. I absolutely love that. But it is hard for people. And people think like, well, am I going to be somebody different than who I am? No, you're going to be more yourself than you ever were. I mean, and all of these things, all of these characteristics of of love and peace and joy, all the things that we really want are already inside of you. I mean, if you've had a moment where you, you've experienced that, maybe you, you experienced at one point in your life this peace, and maybe it was for just a moment, or this joy. Maybe you haven't experienced it since you were a kid, but it wasn't because of something outside of you. I mean, you felt it because it was in there. It was in you and it is part of who you are. And so when we come to a greater degree of who we really are, we experience those at a greater level. Um, and, but it's not just about experiencing them. It's about becoming them. You know, I become love. I become joy. I become peace. Um, and it's interesting, you know, Dr. Hawkins, who we always quote, Dr. David Hawkins talks about in his book, letting go that, you know, we well, we have to let go of all the negative baggage, right? But he oftentimes talks about letting go of the resistance to the positive ones. We don't even know that we have them. I have this resistance to joy. I didn't know that. I mean, I'm, I'm just talking about this from a general perspective, but I didn't know that I had a resistance to something positive. Why would I do that? Well, maybe because I don't, I feel like I deserve to be joyful. I don't deserve to be that. Or you know, I'm blaming myself for something. I feel guilt. I feel shame. I feel these other things. And because of that, I resist joy. I resist moments of joy. Um, or I'm too stressed out. I'm too, <laughs> I'm too much in my brain, my, 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 you know, mental issues, I guess you could say too much in my brain to think, to just be, and I don't, I don't, get to participate in that and to just be joy because I'm, I'm resisting that. So let go of your resistance. Yeah, stop, stop resisting. Or you could say resist resistance. No, that's <laughs> weird. I don't understand that. Well, I, there's one analogy I have for that because I love going to the beach and, um, you know, my wife and I will pretty much go to the beach every day through like March through late September. And I'm not kidding. She would probably live there. Um, so even after work, I'll just stop by. But, you know, when you go to the beach and you're like, ooh, I don't want to get sandy. The beach <laughs> is like a miserable place. If that's, at some point, you have to just be like, okay, I'm going to get sandy. And then you have the best time of your life, you know? Like, okay, mm. I'm totally willing to get completely covered in sand. And then all of a sudden you're able to be there at a, you know. Another example of this is, is with kids. It's hard for adults to play, you know, and just imagine. And, and like, my nieces are <laughs> playing this game lately where they pretend like they're lions. I think they're watching a lot of The Lion King. And they want me to be a hyena. <laughs> and it, of course, it's like, it's easy to just say, 
no, I don't want to play that. It's hard to imagine, okay, I'm going to actually get on my hands and knees and like play with them and, and maybe get sweaty. One of them is probably going to end up biting me. But knowing you, please sweat and maul. But then like once you actually do it, it's the biggest blast ever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's kind of what it's like. My image that I get of, of some of these these positive things that we can resist where it's like, well, okay. I know that ultimately maybe it's it's good for me, but I don't want to get sweaty right now. <laughs> I don't want to get Sandy and have to clean that up later. Just quit being an adult so much. I mean, come yeah. on. Dancing feels like that for me sometimes, you know, when it's like you show up at a thing, people are dancing mm-hmm. or you're at a wedding and like the dancing begins Sometimes at the wedding, the mood's like, I'm ready for this dancing. Mm-hmm. Just get it going. But sometimes at first, you're just like, that dialogue's playing. Like, I'm tired, or people are going to be watching, or can I even dance? <laughs> <laughs> been, it's been months, but a year since I've danced. Uh, but then once you just surrender to the, like, the music and the, the, the group that you're with, and you just like let your body do what it feels like doing, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's just pure joy. Mm-hmm. But if you're in your head and you're like, do I look cool? Is this move working right now? Nothing Yeah. But if you just like be a dancer, just let it go. Best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really well put. I, I got in a that, dance. It all resonated with me. <laughs> I got in kind of a dance off. So I went to this cool party Thursday. Last Thursday, now it's like a Christmas party. One of my friends' businesses. Oh, guest of the show, Sean Scott. That's like a Christmas party at his coffee shop. Still exclusive, cool. Uh, not that, not that exclusive, but really cool. And it, it's just like the best party of the year. We go there, and this guy I'm friends with, he's like really cool DJ in South Florida, um, and like basically a professional dancer. Was like already <laughs> leaps when I showed up, you know, and I kind of got egged into this floor and it wasn't crowded yet. It was still kind of early, but this guy doesn't care. He's got super cool moves. Yeah. He knows what he's doing. <laughs> and I kind of got into this situation where it was like, I was kind of ready to have fun at this point. You know, I was kind of ready to let go. And then he was like, Ooh, Jake's having fun. So then he started, getting more into it. And then I noticed he was like circling. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, you're literally dancing circles around me right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But it doesn't, it's not that bad to be shown up by someone who's super good at dancing. But yeah, once I surrendered later, it wasn't then I was was like, I'm taking a break from dancing. (laughs) After like one minute, I'm ready to get back in there later and just let it go. It's just so fun. Yeah. So that's one little lesson there on that. But um, I would like to talk more about New Year's resolutions. We all make them. I think that it stresses people out to even call them resolutions, though. Like, oh, I've got to do this. It sucks. It's going to be a lot of work. Um, yeah, that's probably true. (laughs) It will be a lot of work if you do them 
a certain way. I've actually been doing my resolutions. My goal setting, I guess, is a better way of saying it. Doing my goal setting, which a lot of people are allergic to anyways, too. But I've been doing it a different way, and I like it a lot more. That was bad. So there's this thing called the law of attraction. A lot of people talk about. Yeah, secret. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we've talked a little bit about it on the show, but, you know, if if we uh, we have this energy field around us, um, and in our energy field, we attract things, things that maybe we, we want to consciously or maybe unconsciously, other things are getting attracted to us. And then, you know, things that we can repel and, and that sort of a thing. It's just kind of physics, I guess you could say. But Jake could probably talk a lot more about the law of attraction. Let me catch people up a little bit. Most people that listen probably are tracking, but this field, right? First of all, it's measurable now. We have scientific tools that can understand this. But if you don't understand it, think about your cell phone. It has a field as well. And um, you don't see it. You can't feel it, but the reason your cell phone works is because of its field. It transmits information that you cannot see, and it receives information that you cannot see. Um, what does it receive? Things it's looking for, whether it's on your Wi-Fi or your Bluetooth or through, like, 4G networks. And it sends specific things, and it receives specific things. And that's our field can do the same thing, uh, and it does, mostly subconsciously. All right. Is that pretty good? Yeah, that's pretty good. Okay. So some of the, I mean, some of the things we often attract have to do with the fact that I'm constantly putting out this barrage of anxieties and stresses. Right? And right. what you attract when you're doing that is more anxiety and more stress. Um, so we've been changing it around. And, and oftentimes, too, when you're like, okay, this is my goal. I'm setting this goal. I don't have this thing. That can create a lot of like tension. I'm frustrated. I don't have this thing. Uh, I feel maybe self-conscious that I don't have this thing. Maybe it's a business goal or whatever. You can create a lot of tension there. That's not good. So, what Claire and I've been doing lately, and she's man, she's really good at doing this stuff. So I'm, I'm glad because I'm I struggle with this stuff more um, to just be on top of this thing. But I have been so for a couple months now. We've been uh, setting our goals this way where we set them as gratitudes. And, and it's, it's as if we already have them because then they become even more attracted to us, right? So, I, you know, let's just come up with another, with a goal. Maybe my goal is I want to lose 10 pounds. Well, I'd set my, my goal as I am grateful for losing 10 pounds, Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for having lost 10 pounds. I mean, I can imagine feeling, if that's my goal, I can imagine being grateful for that. Yeah. And I say that every day, right? So that's in my, my list of goals. I would say I'm grateful for losing 10 pounds or having lost 10 pounds. Um, that's so, just one, but I mean, yeah, go on. What are you going to say? say there's a couple ways two people look at this because this stuff has been like proven over time to be effective. Yeah. Uh, and you can say this is in your field because everything comes down to vibration, vibrations, uh, 
are information. So vibration is data. Uh, just like if you're listening to this podcast, probably someone listening right now, if you're listening to this, <laughs> you're hearing this, um, you're hearing just vibrations that are just waves that nerve endings inside your inner ear canal are translating to your brain and my voice, specific words, you know, volume, things like that. And that's everything. It's just these waves that are data. And so law of attraction, you can look at that as like, um, like constructive or destructive resonance or interference. So um, analogy people like for this is if you have two guitars in the same room and they're tuned, you pluck the B string on one guitar and the B string across the room and the other guitar will start vibrating more. It'll get more energy. That's uh, constructive interference or constructive resonance, right? Uh, but there's also destructive. You can think of like two waves coming across each other, like opposite ends of a pool. Where they meet constructively, the wave gets bigger, but there's areas where it cancels itself out. There's no wave. That would be destructive interference. So the law of attraction, you have the basic phys physics concepts of the fact that everything, including your thoughts, are just vibrations. And nature responds to like vibration and you energize like vibrations out there. So if you're trying to vibrate at this area of love, what you're gonna do is experience more love in the field. You're like giving energy to that and canceling out lower frequency. But on the other hand, you have like a psychological approach to uh, this law of attraction. Whereas if you set these intentions, your subconscious mind and your body always tries, for the most part, to reinforce belief systems, kind of to be right. So if you believe a certain thing, you're going to be making micro decisions all day long, all, all year long, all life long, to reinforce this thing you believe. So if you believe there's no love, you're going to be making subconscious decisions to reinforce that, to prove that you're right. And if you believe you're a failure, if you believe like you'll never have a good job or make money or lose 10 pounds, you're gonna subconsciously make decisions to reinforce that. So, and there's probably more levels, but those are like two big ones, like why law attraction works. You have like the basic physics theory, and then you have like this uh, psychological theory about conscious or unconscious behavior. So either way, it's worth doing. Totally. I just think it's interesting to think about, you know, how some of these things work so well. And if, like, if this sounds kind of like booey, whatever, bluff science, uh, a lot of greats throughout history talk about this, whether it's like ancient Greek philosophers or uh, Benjamin Franklin or Oprah Winfrey. Yeah. They'll do it. Yeah. And I mean, I could just attest to it and just, you know, it, it's, I, I would say if, if you want to try this out, try something super attainable within a short distance of time and just do it 
every day and you'll be like, whoa, that was really easy. But, uh, you know, the ones that would take a longer time, you should be saying them because you need to be saying them every day for a longer period of time to attract them. I mean, some things get attracted really quickly and sometimes they don't. Like my wife is, is she's gonna, she's writing this amazing holistic kind of prayer journal. And there's also art in it and she's doing this, but it's really complicated on the production side of it. Like, there's lots of, like, you know, pub publishers, most publishers don't do um, very complicated works. I mean, you could go on Amazon and self-publish something, but it doesn't look that good, and it's definitely not going to be like an art journal that's really beautiful. And Anyways, so she's had to use, you know, do a ton of research. I've done a ton of research. We can't find the right publishers. And then she put this literally uh, for one day, she put, that she's grateful for finding somebody who will help her figure out how to publish her book. And literally like two hours later, um, this guy walked onto her campus where she teaches and, and, and he was going to fix her work on her computer. And he brought it up <laughs> that he knew how to do this crazy publishing thing. And so now we know we have like the right publisher and it's happened you know, 10 different times, especially when it comes to like people, I find that that one's the easiest for me. It's like, if I have a problem, for instance, I had this marketing problem. I want to market another business. I think I might've said this on the show. Maybe I didn't, but I, within that day, I was, I was putting in a gratitude. I said this a couple of times, I'm grateful for finding a marketer that's going to help me with my business. And then I had got a new patient who said that they want to do marketing for more businesses like me and they are willing to do trade. I was like, sweet. That's great. <laughs> it happened that day, you know? So I'm definitely going to say for, for my new year's resolutions, they're going to be in the form of gratitudes for sure. Um, I'm sure there's other ways of doing it, but that, that just seems like a, a good basic way. I uh, just remembered that I wrote down some resolutions, kind of. I put them on my Instagram. So let's take a look here. Yep. So these are kind of lofty. You put them on your Instagram? Kind of, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, which is just Dr. Jake Hyde, if you guys want to follow me. Uh, so here's my list. It was longer, but I could only put so many characters. This is what I put. Compassion for all people, freedom of being, radiant joy, oneness with myself, and complete surrender to divine love. Kind of lofty, but nonetheless targets that I want to hit in my lifetime. Those so I, I'm going to start, I'm just going to write it out somewhere I can see every day uh, as gratitude statements. How about that, Nick? That's awesome. Good suggestion. Make it into a poster. That's a red hot health tip or whatever our new motto is. <laughs> hot and spicy? Hot and spicy health tip. <laughs> um, yeah, that sounds really cool. I need to do that too. 
I think one, one of my resolutions this next year, because I see it so often come in in the office that people have an issue with this. I'm just being proactive for myself. I probably do too. Um, is, is a lot about like the flow of life. Most people don't trust the flow of life and most people resist the flow of life. And so I'm trying my hardest to, to trust and embrace the flow of life, you know, just kind of imagine it in Arizona where we are from, people do a lot of like tubing and rafting down rivers. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. But I, I had this image of, you know, putting your feet like in the rapids, putting your feet down and like resisting the rapids. That's what most people are doing. You know, they're like, no, I don't want to go down this part. This seems scary, intimidating, whatever. Or I know better. <laughs> I know better than this river. And I want to do something else. Um, people just resist, man. They, they resist and it causes a lot of health problems. I mean, you could resist even just the energy flowing within you. And that's what gives you a meridian problem or a chakra problem or whatever. Um, so, no, no, no. Some of the stuff I'm thinking about is just like, I trust this flow. And I'm just going to enjoy it. I'm just going to float down it and have a good time with the people in my life. Um, I love it, Nick. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be grateful for an excellent next year. Be a huge time of growth. It is going to be. And I am going to enjoy it, and some big things are going to happen. I'm really grateful for it. Oh, man. Well, we, uh, I'm taking the show on the road. We pot, our next pod might be from, I might be from Phoenix. We'll see my guest. We might do a couple while we're there. We were talking about that, yeah. Dr. Phillips, maybe mom and dad, get them on the pod. See if we can get some good content out of that. We talked about uh, doing a cooking show, perhaps. Yeah. We got to figure out. Obviously be, do that. <laughs> there would obviously be video to that. People, gosh, uh, not just gonna be audio. Although, <laughs> although that would be pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, it'd still be pretty good. Um, and then uh, maybe some Nashville people because we go in there afterwards. Great. Cool. Well, if you guys want to send us some of your goals uh, and share that with us, we'd love to. See it here. So you can do it at Cultivated Being uh, Podcast at Insta and then Cultivated Being at gmail.com. The Cultivated Being at gmail.com. Uh, reach me directly at drjakehyde.com or my Insta, which is Dr. Jake Hyde. What about you, Nick? Yeah, you could reach me at Dr. J- uh, com too. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Nick Hyde on Instagram. Okay. Or Nick Hyde, I check both those, whatever. Great. Everyone, send us some questions too. If you had like questions for, I guess, Phillips or our parents, <laughs> questions for our parents. Uh, 
yeah, we welcome it. It's going to get interesting. And uh, most of you guys will be listening to this week, and you might not hear from us again before the holidays, so Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Blessed family and loved one time, and some joy. All right. All right. Love you, Nick. Love you too, man. We'll see you next week. Sounds good.